0: All right, so Matt, you know, Ashley and I like to go hiking a lot, so I decided I was going to make us a playlist, a music playlist for when we go hiking. Yeah, um, cool. I added music from the Peanuts cartoon. Um, I've got the Cranberries. I've got M M&M in there, and I call it my trail mix. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I saw that one coming a mile away. I, I had it's to get that's good though, I like it.
0: <laughs> I had to get the punchline out before you <laughs> before you figured it out. It's good.
1: man i'm pretty good good it's been uh it's been kind of a crazy last couple of weeks and uh took the day off and so now i'm up in the graveyard where i like to be and
0: heck yeah pretty good yep well we got storms rolling in today so uh if you hear any thunder i i promise it's thunder it's not anything weird happening in the room here so it's
1: uh, not adam passive gas yeah
0: exactly it, i <laughs> it's mother Lord nature thunder. i promise <laughs> so real quick we want to say go check out the podbelly network at podbelly.com go on their website you can find some different shows that you might enjoy um, we're proud to be members of the podbelly network and be associated with these shows so go check them out find something you might like podbelly.com we also want to thank tonight's sponsors magic spoon shutter and every plate And we'll talk a little bit more about them here shortly. Now, next week is a dark week. And I know how much you guys hate dark weeks, but next week is a dark week. And the way the schedule is, we've had a lot more double dark weeks this year than we have before. And October, for some reason, the way it timed out, is supposed to be a double dark week. But in Graveyard Tales fashion, Matt and I are not going to do that to you especially since on the second dark week, it's Halloween weekend. That's right. So instead of being dark that week, we're going to put out an ad free show for you guys that Matt and I are super excited about. We think you're going to love it. So don't worry. You'll have a bonus episode that week. Um, I think it's the 29th Matt Um, that Friday before Halloween. And I, I think it's going to be a fitting episode for Halloween.
1: Oh yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun. So um, we're we're looking forward to it. You guys should be looking forward to it as well. I think you're really gonna enjoy it. It's not gonna be just the typical we're going to talk about something scary. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. It's it's going to be fun.
0: Yep. Yep. I was going to say it It goes a little bit outside of the normal Graveyard Tales episode, which which will be fun for our favorite holiday. Um, speaking of holidays, um, as we said last time, it's that time of year when we need you to send in your stories for our Christmas episode. So if you have a personal encounter, um, anything like that, whether it be ghost aliens, uh, doppelgangers, multi-dimensions, anything like that. If you have a personal experience of something that was weird or spooky or otherworldly, email it to us. GraveyardTalesPodcast at gmail.com. I almost forgot our email address. Um, (laughs) So GraveyardTalesPodcast at gmail.com and put in the subject line, christmas 2021 or holiday episode 2021 something like that so that when i'm going through there i can find it easily and move it to the proper folder um but you guys know we do this every
1: year so we you know every year now we celebrate that old victorian tradition of telling ghost stories around the fire on christmas eve and so this this started kind of as a Oh, this will be kind of fun, and it it's really grown. Um, we get listeners start asking, "Are y'all going to do the Christmas story thing again?" Mm-hmm. So now it's just become tradition. Um, so if you want to be a part of that, get get your stories into us, so we can we can go over them, get them get them ready. Um, you know, I think last year we had two or three, um, you know, different. Yeah. Different shows where we were reading out the stories. Yep. Yeah, so it was, it was y'all, it, y'all, three.
0: It was so yeah. many. We did three.
1: Yeah. So it was, it was fantastic. And we appreciate everybody that participated. And we're looking forward to even more of you sending in stories this year.
0: Right. So Podcast at gmail.com, putting the subject line, um, that Christmas 2021. And I mean, if you want another way to do it, you can actually text message, Our show number, which is 430-558-1304. You can text your story to that if that would be easier for you than an email. Um, I would say leave it in a voicemail, but voicemails are not long enough, and it doesn't really transcribe it well. Um, However, I would have to weed through all the voicemails of my car warranty being up um, (laughs) to find it. So. I don't know how it's a show phone number and they're like your car's warranty is up and yeah. we've been trying to get. No, you haven't. That's how I know it's a lie. <laughs> um, before we get into the show tonight, wanted to say thank you to Ashley S. Um, we mentioned this on a bonus episode before, but wanted to talk about it now. Um, she crocheted knit i don't know the (laughs) the technical term i think
1: think it's crocheted
0: crocheted um Mm -hmm. matt and i both blankets um they're black with skulls on them um love it so we um finally got the second one in uh she mailed it off a while ago but i don't check the p.o box every day so uh finally picked it up today and just wanted to uh, give her a shout out um I know she's listening and I know she's in our Facebook group. So thank you Ashley for crocheting those blankets for us um and for bringing one to the get together with Scott and Forrest when you came up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my kids love it.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm I'm going to have mm-hmm. to hide mine. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I tried. <laughs> I tried. They still find it. They're like gremlins. <laughs> All right, Adam, let's take a minute and talk about one of tonight's sponsors, Magic Spoon. Now, when I was growing up, cereal was a staple breakfast for me. I mean, it was every morning, bowl of cereal, get to school, or my favorite time was Saturday morning cartoons, sitting in front of the television with a big, huge bowl of oh, whatever yeah. cereal I, I I was eating at the time. Yep. Loved it. And even as an adult, I still love it, but- I really don't need all that extra sugar and calories that come with, you know, traditional sweet sugary cereal.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: I mean, I've I've tried to be healthy. I know you and Ashley are trying to be healthy. Um, So that's one thing that I've always thought, well, you know, I can drink my protein shakes. I can eat my eggs. I can, you know, do all this. I can't have any of these really great cereals that i used to love sure Uh, until magic spoon came along that's right and it it is absolutely perfect for those those folks that really still love cereal but don't want all that sugary sweet unhealthy stuff
0: oh yeah i know i'm i'm with you i'm big cereal hound myself and this is this has been a big help with us going to the gym and trying to eat healthier, I can still get my cereal fix because it has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. And there's only 140 calories a serving. And you can be on really whatever diet you want to be on because it's keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, and low carb. And the cool thing is you can build your own box. You can pick different flavors and build your own box of cereal, which how how many places do you get to do that, Matt? That,
1: right. That's yeah, not it's great.
0: Yeah, that's not a normal thing. So, their available flavors that you can build your box from are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, and maple waffle. And cookies and cream and maple waffle have actually been brought back permanently because they were introduced for a limited time and then everybody that ate it was like, okay, look, you need to bring that back because that's awesome. And I completely understand that maple waffle has become my new favorite.
1: Yeah, mine too. Now, I still love the cinnamon, but that maple waffle reminds me of a cereal I had as a kid. It is fantastic.
0: That's right. And you can also, they say, mix the cocoa and the peanut butter together and you get a chocolate covered peanut butter cup without naming a brand. You know what I'm talking about. Um so if you want to build your own box, all you got to do is go to magicspoon.com slash grave. That's G R A V E to grab your custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code grave G R A V E at checkout. And you can save $5 off your entire order.
1: Yeah. And magic spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, They'll refund your money, no questions asked. So remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash grave and use our promo code GRAVE, that's G-R-A-V-E, to save $5.
0: Thanks, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. (laughs) So... Matt, that's all I've got. Why don't you tell us, what are we talking about tonight, brother?
1: Okay, so tonight, Adam and I are going to talk about something that we've mentioned on the show many, many times, but we've never really gone into any detail as to what they are. Now, the the people that are into this kind of research, they believe that. There is a energy grid that surrounds the entire planet made up of diagonal crisscrossing lines called ley lines. Mm-hmm. And, and as I said, you've heard us say ley lines before. If you're if you listen to other shows like this one, I'm sure you've heard it dozens of times there too. And you may have a, a just a, a general understanding of what a ley line is, but we're going to expand on that a little bit tonight and and talk about, you know, what the idea is behind ley lines, who who developed the theories behind them and why they're they're important mm-hmm. in uh in in the in the in the, the pseudo world as they get tagged with. Um, but there's a lot of unique things that happen that are attributed to ley lines. So we're gonna we're gonna get into this. We're gonna talk a little bit about what they are, um, and and how they came came to be. So, Adam, why don't you uh, why don't you fill us in on that?
0: All right. So as we always say, go check our sources. You can find all the links to where we found this information down at the bottom of our show notes. Um, you can follow along in some of the articles that we're reading from, or you can keep going and do your own research and dive a little deeper than what we're able to get here. So go check our sources, bottom of the show notes. Now, ley lines refer to straight alignments drawn between various historic structures and prominent landmarks. Now, the idea was developed in the early 20th century Europe with ley line believers arguing that these alignments were recognized by ancient societies that deliberately erected structures along them. Now, since the 1960s, members of the earth mysteries movement and other esoteric traditions have commonly believed that such ley lines demarcate earth energies, like Matt was saying, and serve as guides for alien spacecraft. So we, we will get a little woo in this um, here in a minute, but just a little woo. Yeah, but it does pertain to it. So we have to talk about it because the information's out there and it's what people are saying. Now this says that archaeologists and scientists regard ley lines as an example of pseudo-archaeology and pseudoscience, like Matt said, which is kind of a shame because I, I and we'll talk about it a little more, but I, I do believe that there's something to this. And after Matt does his part, we can talk about that, but you'll see why after he does his part, um, why I think there's something to it. Now, Alfred Watkins... He lived from 1855 to 1935, um, originated the idea of ley lines and surveyed alignments, which articulated the prehistoric landscape of Britain in his native Herefordshire in the 1920s. Now I know I said that wrong, but it's an, uh, a British town name and I never get those right. So Please correct me if, uh, if you've got a British accent and you can say it right, please say it. Cause I can't,
1: I think, I think, uh, Americans tend to put in too, too many syllables, too many hard syllables. Yep. You know, it, it's it almost seems like we, we say sure. it. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. It's much, much smoother and faster yep. when, uh, somebody from the UK is saying it than, than what, uh. What well, we do? <laughs>
0: yeah. See, to me, being a Southern American, it looks like Herodfordshire. and that's how I would pronounce it. But I know if I say shire, I get people, uh, our, our UK listeners, say it's not shire; it's sure. So mm-hmm. it's probably Herefordshire.
1: We do the same thing. Do
0: you like to it's- go to Herefordshire?
1: It's, it. we do the same thing. I mean, you know, there, there is nowhere that is whatever, Ville. It is yeah. not Nashville. It is Nashville.
0: Ville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nashville. Yeah. Hey, my, my favorite thing about when I lived in Tennessee was, um, there, there are two names. One was Demumbrian. Uh huh. It's not it it's spelled like Demon Bruin or Demon Brian. Um, yeah. and the other one is Lebanon. Uh, yeah. It's spelled like Lebanon. Uh-huh. But it's pronounced Lebanon. Mhm. And those were always my favorites. It, somebody not from around there would say, "Hey, where's uh, Lebanon, Tennessee?" I'm like, I, that doesn't exist. There's a Lebanon." Yeah,
1: there's there's no such <laughs> place. <part.
0: laughs> there's not a Lebanon, there's a Lebanon. Mhm. All right. So this goes on um, to say that despite the skepticism of academic archaeologists, his vision of ley lines helped shape popular views of British landscape in the interwar years and during a revival of Watkins's work from 1969 um, practices and perceptions of British land art. So there was a revival uh, of his work in 1969, and that, that's where a lot of the new information that we have comes from, is that 1969 revisiting of his stuff, but this was back in the 1920s that he made this connection. Now, this goes on to say that the idea has its fullest exposition in Watkins's book, The Old Straight Track, from nineteen twenty-five with photographs taken throughout his native Herefordshire. Um Herefordshire. Um I'll just get them all out of the way, just in case. Um I will put up some of those pictures from the Old Straight Track on our Patreon page. I've got some of those and I've got some of uh, ley line maps, but the older pictures you'll see will be from this book, The Old Straight Track. Now, this says the search for ley lines became a cult in the countryside discovery movement of 1930s Britain and was revived with the republication in 1970 of the Old Straight Tract with a foreword by John Mitchell, author of The View Over Atlantis in 1969. Now, ley lines became connected with all manner of enigmatic lines in the landscape, such as dowsing lines, feng shui. And the pattern scraped on the remote Nazca plateau of Peru,
1: and you know I've I've actually seen video of people in areas where supposed ley lines are using dowsing rods and watching them react to the mm-hmm. energy. You know, right? I mean, they you know literally they can walk five feet away. Yep. You know, they're just sitting there. Walk five feet to the left. You know, the the rods begin to cross. Um, and there's, and I I saw it dozens of times. So that's, that's one of the ways that they have been able to somewhat map these lines.
0: Yeah. And some of those are because people say, oh, well they know where that line is. So they're just making the dowsing rods do that. But there's some of them that they got a dowsing person out and just had them do their thing, not telling them where the ley line was supposed to be. And they mm-hmm. found it that way and corroborated uh, corroborated it with the ley line map. So maybe some of it is, oh, they know where it's at. So they're making the um, dowsing rods cross. But several of them, that's not the case. And it's not like you can say, people will say, oh, well, you know, when... Um, psychics go into buildings they already know the history of the building they've memorized it so they can then fake it and whatever that happens we know Mm -hmm. that happens but it's i don't think there's a way where you can memorize all the ley lines on a map and know exactly where that ley line is supposed to be when you're taken out there you know what i'm what i'm saying does that make sense
1: yeah and you know there's other things that will cause a dowsing rod to react yeah sure um you know you've got the obvious you know an underground spring or something like that um so it may not necessarily be reacting to a ley line but again like adam said you know you can you can know the general vicinity of where one is supposed to be and then you can see for yourself i mean if you If you're honestly, if you're worried about somebody moving the dowsing rods, much like one of the videos I watched, let them hold them. Mm -hmm. Well, I've never really done this. It doesn't matter. Just hold them and don't move them. Yep. Okay. And so the guy's holding them and then he just walks a little bit Just and he's like, I am not doing this. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, people can fake it, but it's. It's easy. it's easy to disprove if they're if they're faking it. Right. You know, right. Dowsing rods are not hard to come by and they're not all that expensive. And you can go do it yourself.
0: Yep. I want to try dowsing sometime, but maybe that um, that can be a Graveyard Tales bonus video, Adam learning to douse.
1: Look, I I had this conversation when we were in West Tennessee a month or so ago. Uh, with a man his brother you know and he's looking at me he said like, you you ever seen anybody he called it uh witching a well he said you, yeah. you ever seen anybody witch a well
0: yeah water said, witching yeah
1: yeah I was like i sure have and he goes i never seen nothing like it he said those and he said those little rods will just sit there and just whoop. he's mm-hmm. like just cross right over and he said you can feel them moving in your hands and ain't nothing you're doing right I said yeah I've seen it you know yeah. I've seen it happen
0: it's nuts man And for a long time, I didn't believe in it, but I I do now. I've seen enough where there's something going on. Now, this goes on to say that to those who do believe in ley lines, the concept is quite simple. Ley lines are lines that crisscross around the globe, like latitudinal and longitudinal lines that are dotted with monuments and natural landforms and carry along with them rivers of supernatural energy. Now, along these lines, at the places they intersect, there are pockets of concentrated energy that can be harnessed by certain individuals. So, that that's basically a quick rundown of what they are. They lines around the globe, and this is where the energy of the Earth moves from one place to another is along these ley lines. And yeah. if you've got a cross, it's basically doubling or quadrupling your energy at that point because you've got one line of energy going one way and another one coming and intersecting with it. And right there in that yep. intersection, that's where you get places places that are supposed to be um, super spiritual or mm-hmm. energy vortexes or something right. like that.
1: Yeah. And we're going to discuss some of those specific places and what what people have experienced along these, uh, these vertices.
0: Right. And that's what I, what I was talking about when I said, y'all will understand why I think there's something to it when we get done here. Now this says Watkins backed up the existence of his ley lines by pointing out that many monuments around the globe can seemingly be connected by a straight line. For example, stretching from the Southern tip of Ireland all the way to Israel there is a straight line that connects seven different landforms that bear the name Michael or some form of it. And that's probably the one that most people have heard about. There's if, if you look it up, it's the Michael ley line or St. Michael ley line. And there are churches, monuments, whatever. Along this line, and every one of them is associated with the name Michael. So you have to wonder why along this line were all these ancient civilizations building something and putting the name Michael there. And I, one of the theories I've heard, Matt, is that, just like I said in the beginning, that they are alien pathways for, for UFOs mm-hmm. to come through. And one of the theories when you talk to guys like that Sukalos guy, Mm-hmm. Is that some an alien actually traveled up these lines and told different nations that they needed to build a monument right here and name it this. And that's why they all, even though they may not have had any connection with the civilization on the far end of it, the one on the top end of it would still have something named Michael. And it's because... A UFO was going through and telling them to do that. Now that's one of those woo answers, but mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things being said, especially about the ones that have monuments all named similar things that stretch across the globe.
1: Yeah, and um, and there is one. I think it's I think it's the Great Female Dragon that that line goes from Australia through Bali all the way across. stonehenge um you know and and there's there's lines of different lengths you know there's lines that are you know three four miles you know then there's lines that are hundreds of miles sometimes thousands of miles um and 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 then when you look as, as adam said you look at each individual line not only will you notice that there are significant historical landmarks ancient landmarks along these lines there are uh unique uh either temples or d- geological formations mm-hmm. at the spots where these lines intersect where this supposed energy vortex occurs
0: yeah and that that's the that's the thing they're not always man-made right sometimes it's a a natural formation that ancient cultures have dubbed a power spot or a holy spot or sacred area. And you have to then wonder, okay, why, why is it in this specific spot along a ley line? And why did they name, name it such a holy spot? Is there something connected to it?
1: Yeah. And there, for example, there is a magnetic point in Australia um that uh, connects to Lake Titicaca and Uluwatu by the female great dragon ley line and in the in Australia they call it the rainbow serpent okay yep. but this yep. this gigantic rock is it's just amazing and it changes color according to the weather mm-hmm. varying from a bright red to a dark gray and black And there's one account that it actually turned violet.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, I mean, you know, these are not things that we typically see geologically around the globe. We're seeing something very unique, and it just so happens to coincide with uh, a, a pretty significant ley line.
0: Right. Now, this goes on to say that along the ley lines... Actually, lies the Great Pyramids of Giza, Chichen Itza, and Stonehenge. So, all wonders of the world that continue to surprise archaeologists today. So, like we were saying, big, big monuments, big ancient monuments yeah. are along ley lines. And I'm going to keep asking this question: Why does it just so happen to be that way? If, mm-hmm. if they're saying, well, it's just paths of travel and they traveled in a straight line tell me why it's in a straight line across continents
1: right right and and it's not just geological anomalies or or ancient spiritual sites it haunted places lie on these ley lines as well we're going to get into specifics on um, some of those but one show that um from a while back, we talked about the Ancient Ram Inn yep. uh, in the U.K. Um, it sits on the same ley line that Stonehenge does. Right. Now, right. I, I'm not saying that they built the Ancient Ram Inn on a ley line, but if you go back and listen to that show, the Ancient Ram Inn is pretty significantly haunted. I mean, it has a ton of activity going on fairly routinely and it's old i mean mm-hmm. it's wailed one of the oldest places we've ever discussed mm-hmm. um and and outrageously haunted but it sits right on a really powerful ley line
0: right right now ley lines can be the product um of ancient surveying so this is this is going to talk about possible non-woo debunking almost ideas of what this is. Um, But it says it can be product of ancient surveying, property markings, or commonly traveled pathways. Many cultures use straight lines across a landscape. So it's saying that's just a thing that they did was build in straight lines. But this says, in South America, such lines are often directed toward mountain peaks. The Nazca lines are a famous example of lengthy lines made by ancient cultures. Straight lines connect ancient pyramids in Mexico. Today, modern roads built on the ancient roads deviate around these pyramids, but Mm -hmm. they built them originally on these pathways, and then instead of like the pathway did, it went right up to the monument. Obviously, they're diverting around the monument, Uh, but uh, the Chaco culture of northwestern New Mexico cut stairs into sandstone cliffs to facilitate keeping this road straight. Now, additionally, chance alignments and coincidence are often cited as explanations that cannot be ruled out. So this is saying that when and, and this part is true, if you look at like old Roman roads, they were straight lines. That right. was how they built their roads. But the question then is okay, do, did they build their roads straight due to the understanding of these straight ley line points? And, you know, not every road was on a ley line, and not every ley line is on a road. But did they fashion their roads being so straight after? the ley lines or was it just coincidence because the straight the shortest distance between two points is (laughs) a straight line
1: that's what i was gonna say so you know uh, that that brings up the potential of having to dig some tunnels or build some bridges if you're going to keep the road in a straight line
0: right so it may be the Um, shortest distance but is it the easiest
1: that's that's right, and it certainly wouldn't be the easiest to construct for ancient Romans. Mm-hmm. I don't know it's it's really it's really odd. But another thing that's curious to me is how did the Romans build their roads so straight over such long distances? Yeah, look, man, it's hard enough for me to draw a straight line down a piece of paper without it beginning to veer left or mm-hmm. right, um, and I can see where it's going. But can you imagine trying to you're gonna build a straight road from this city to to one that's fifty miles away? Right. Hell, even a mile away. I mean, how are you gonna what are you gonna use as your as your guidepost to to make sure that you're not gradually veering east or west uh and and you're gonna wind up you know, maybe a, a half a mile or, you know, several miles off the mark. And then you're right. like, oh, well, we, now we got to build a straight turn. Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: yeah. well, that that goes to the um, the knowledge of ancient civilizations that I think, you know, they were way more knowledgeable than we give them credit for. And that actually. You bring that up. I'll go ahead and tease to it. I hadn't even told you, but I'm going to do a Patreon episode on Roman concrete and stuff like that, um, because it ties into my belief that they're a lot, a lot more advanced than what scientists give them credit for. So you speaking of straight lines to straight roads, that's another thing that would go to that. How? How? How did they have the surveying equipment if they're as unknowledgeable about certain things as scientists say they were? So what some people say about ley lines um, from this website I found called Otherworldly Oracle. We'll talk about this. And this may sound a little woo woo, um, like I was saying before, but we got to look into it because it's what. Some people are saying about ley lines, so we need to talk about it. And it may seem woo, but it also has the potential of being like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense.
1: (laughs) There's a lot of that when you start talking about ley lines. Oh, well, that makes sense.
0: Yep. Especially if you believe things that we have talked about or sort of believe things we have talked about in the past, this, this may tie right into that. So the, the title of this thing from the Otherworldly Oracle is Corpse Roads, Fairy Paths, and Ley Lines. So it says, spirits travel the earth in straight lines. These straight lines are theorized to be ley lines. In Britain and other places in Europe, there's something known as a corpse road. Now, a corpse road was a path taken by a funerary procession to move the dead from the place of death to the place of the funeral, a church typically. Terrifying stories are told of these corpse roads, including a headless black dog, ghostly lights known as corpse lights, and soul-sucking wraiths. Now, this says, do these spirits haunt the corpse road because it was the last place their body traveled? Or are they drawn to the spiritual energy of these ancient ley lines? So, before we go any further, that's another question. How did they know to travel these paths, the corpse road paths that were ley lines, how did they know? You know, coincidence? What was it? But if you're going to be taking a body... And ferrying it to the land of the dead, even as humans, a ley line, if they are powerful, like people say they are, that's a good way to do it. Keep keep it in the, basically the power artery there. Yeah. And there's a church built on that ley line. So it all kind of, you know, they've got the, the ghostly activity. They've got the black dogs. They've got all this on the ley line. So... Coincidence? I don't think so. I, I don't either. I don't. I don't believe in coincidences, really. Now, the next one is the fairy pathways, and it says fairies, also known as quote, the wee folk, are known to travel along specified pathways as well. There are many tales in Britain and Ireland that point out fairy pathways into hills and over fairy bridges. These pathways are known as fairy paths and folks are warned not to get caught on a fairy path during twilight hours or at night for fear the fae might carry them away. And it says, are these fairy paths, ley lines? I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb. And y'all know that fae, the fae realm is something that I have. Maybe an unhealthy belief in, but <laughs> I, I do, like i said before, I think the Fey realm can explain a lot of things. So if ley lines are a power center and the Fey realm is right there, it's highly possible that these fairy paths that people talked about where you could have encounters with the fae, you could move to the Fey realm mm-hmm. are ley lines.
1: Yeah, this could be. Where the energy is concentrated enough where you could actually cross over. Yeah. So.
0: What if it's like uh, portals at those ley lines because of the power, the energy there?
1: Right. And maybe it's just, it's where, you know, the fae would be able to cross over. Mm -hmm. But take a human back. Right. And we, you know, we, we discussed some, some different types of fae that would do something like that. Um, but you know, you, you have some disappearances along, you know, a road, um, people vanish without a trace and, yep. you know, stories start coming out and they, people start believing, you know, Hey, the, the, the Fabe must've been responsible for this person who just vanished off the face of the earth. And, right. You know, sure. It was a lot easier to hide back then, you know, yeah, yep. but, um, but I mean, that's a lot of A lot of these stories come from actual events and whether it was a story that was developed to explain a a trend in events or whether it was, you know, those the old tales that were just passed down and passed down. And then you look and you say, wow, there are a lot of people that go missing. There are a lot of reports of haunted activity or strange activity along this path, you know, in Mm -hmm. this area. Then you begin to start making those kind of connections yep. and say, "Okay, this this energy path must be th- there's more to it than just there's energy there. Something yeah. is utilizing that energy,
0: right? And since we're talking about roads, I can I I can throw this in here. It would seem out of place if I just brought it up anywhere else. But one thing I was thinking about the other day, I was driving and I thought about this." We discuss liminal areas, right? Mm -hmm. Places in between, like stairwells, Mm -hmm. doorways, stuff like that. And these liminal spaces are places of heightened paranormal activity. Roads are a liminal space by nature. Yeah. You're in transit from one spot to another spot. So by the nature of that and the liminal space having more paranormal activity that's why there are a lot of haunt, haunted roads yeah ghost cars stuff like that so as a even even if it's not a quote ley line these old pathways that people walk to get from one place to another liminal space yeah could be heightened paranormal activity especially if you're talking about a funerary road mm mm-hmm. mhm that is definitely a liminal space. You're going from living to dead in that. Yeah. The, the, so I, I I think that, I don't know, in my head, that helps to explain some of the paranormal activity on roads. Yeah. I case, mean, think,
1: think about how many haunted bridges there are. Yep. Yep. So
0: know, another, space.
1: another significant liminal space.
0: Right. Now, this says, though it seems an outdated idea, ley lines affect us in modern times just as much as the past. If you're a believer in vibration and energy, if you believe Mother Earth is a living being, then you'll understand why ley lines are important. This says, I like to think of them as Mother Earth's veins, sacred sites where the Earth allows us to easily tap into her energy if you feel revitalized after taking a dip in the ocean, hiking in the mountains, or dipping your feet into a creek, then you'll feel the energetic potency of being near or directly on a ley line. And you and I have talked about that, Matt. I, I mm-hmm. after being in the woods, I feel rejuvenated. Get up in the mountains in the woods, I, it rejuvenates me. For you, it's the ocean. Yeah, it it's on the shore. So, um, if you believe that. Mother Nature is a living being, then this is saying that the the writer of this, um, they believe that ley lines are the veins of the earth, where like our veins carry blood, ley lines carry the energy of the earth. This says that in addition to speaking with spirits at local ley lines, the energy of ley lines can be used in various forms of magic with a K. Um, enlightenment is number one. This should go without saying that a journey to local sites will give you divine insight. Says healing is another form of ley line magic. While there ask mother earth to send healing vibrations through your feet and into the rest of your body to the top of your head. Stand still for a while and you can literally feel the healing energy pulsing up from the earth. It's truly amazing. Other forms of ley line magic include drawing love to oneself abundance grounding and cleansing
1: so i mean you you'll hear about people that uh that are earthing you know just getting out you you know walking on the grass with their bare feet
0: yeah they Um, don't live in texas
1: yeah Yeah, they, you know, fire ants don't like ley lines apparently. So you no, don't have I guess to, not.
0: <laughs> and those hornets and stuff don't either. Apparently,
1: <laughs> all the bitey, stingy stuff is in Texas. So
0: yeah, um, well, yeah. All right, Matt, so let's take a second and talk about one of our longtime sponsors. They've been with us for a long, long time, and it's AMC Shutter. So summer's over. There's a chill in the air for most parts. You know, Texas, you got it in the morning, then it gets hot again. But we're, we're, <laughs> we're still coming into fall, um, and spooky season is finally here. So you can watch these horror movies, scary movies, without anybody judging you. And there's no better place for horror than Shudder. And it's kicked off its annual 61 Days of Halloween. It's a two-month supersized celebration full of new movies and series like a new season of Creepshow and VHS 94, a brand new installment in the acclaimed found footage anthology franchise. And that's just the start of Shudder's unbeatable Halloween lineup. There are new specials from Elvira and Joe Bob Briggs, a new season of the Boulay Brothers' Dracula, their new docu-series Behind the Monsters on the origins and pop culture dominance of your favorite modern movie monsters, and so much more. Some of the notable titles they have are Carrie from 1976, love that movie, Superhost... Martyr's Lane, they've got Creepshow Season 3, Elvira's 40th anniversary, very scary, very special, special, Seance, and they got Joe Bob's Halloween Hoedown, among a ton of others.
1: You can stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense for only $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. That is an unbeatable value for the content that you get access to. I mean, Shudder has the largest, fastest growing, curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. It truly is the Netflix of horror. And you can stream on virtually any device you have, iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Xbox, Amazon Fire TV, Chromecast, Roku, and so many more. Um, there's really no reason if if you are into thrillers, horror movies, slasher films, whatever, or you just love new uh, new content, just something different. Shutter is right for you.
0: Absolutely, I, you know we've talked about this before, Matt. But I am I am a fan of those cheesy B horror movies and. I have to say, man, there has been no better streaming service for that than AMC Shudder. I I can get on there and watch all of the cheesy horror movies that I want from the 70s, 80s, 90s, all of those in that genre. And I don't have to have the entire DVD rack full of DVDs like I used to. I mean, I had half my living room full. You probably remember that full oh, yeah. of dvds i don't have to anymore with Shudder.
1: so you can get started streaming the best horror thriller and supernatural content shutter's expertly crea- curated collection includes must-see titles like vicious fun the mortuary collection and pg psycho gorman plus all the best horror documentaries and the hit creep show tv series from executive producer greg nicotero of the walking dead to try Shutter free for 30 days, go to shutter.com and use promo code GRAVE. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com using the promo code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E.
0: That's right. This is a great deal because you can try Shutter free for 30 days and get started now and you can watch at least half of the 61 days of Halloween before your free 30 days is up. And to do that, all you've got to do is go to Shudder.com, that's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com, and use our promo code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E.
1: But but yeah, a lot of people do that. In fact, I remember having... I remember having a patient who actually had a sheet set, a, a bed sheet set that was woven with silver thread. Uh, it was a regular sheet, but it had silver thread woven in yeah, through it. Yeah. And then it had this long piece, okay, with a, uh, with a spike on it, like look like a long pointed tent spike, just, you know, small, about the size of a number two pencil. Mm-hmm. And you ran that line that was connected to the corner of the sheet out your window, and you drove that spike into the ground, and it huh. was supposed to be pulling the the energy from the earth, and uh, basically sure. wrapping yourself in it at night yep. when you went to bed. To you know they they promoted it for healing, you know re- pain relief, uh, relaxation, you know cured mm-hmm. insomnia you know all of that and it's it sounds hokey as all get out sure yeah I, when i looked at it i was like you got to be kidding me yep um but, but when you start looking into this about the earth's energy and what people have done for centuries you begin to wonder yep maybe maybe this is maybe there's something to this maybe there's a legitimate healing power to the earth. Sure, yeah. I've I've
0: I've had to in in multiple cases multiple times over the past five or six years, especially past four years while doing this research, I've had to tell myself, open your mind, shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. Because you do get into these preconceptions of what in the woo-woo, hocus-pocus are you talking about? That I can put this thing in the ground and it's going to wrap me in earth energy and all that? That sounds like a bunch of malarkey and you wasted your money. Yeah. But if you suspend that disbelief that has been driven into your head since you were a little kid and actually look at it, like Matt said, cultures and peoples have been doing stuff like this for millennia. The practice most likely wouldn't keep up if there wasn't some effect from it. Right. If it was a pointless thing that nothing happened ever, then I I think it would end up dying eventually. But because it hasn't, and because we keep seeing it, You have to then ask yourself, well, A, is there something that happens because of this? And B, is it a measurable effect that will actually help? Mm -hmm. So rather than just shutting it off and and saying, oh, that can't happen, that sounds stupid. Look at it. You Mm -hmm. know, don't be those people that Matt and I are really bothered by in the debunking world. Where they just say, Nope, doesn't happen and then move on.
1: <laughs> right. With no real look study in, or, yeah, or anything.
0: Yeah. Look into it. You know, if 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 you don't believe it, that's fine. But maybe give it a little bit of thought. Yeah. Because maybe or or do an investigation on it. And then if nothing comes of it, then you can say, okay, I looked into it, has no effect for me. So I'm not gonna not gonna deal with it. But I mean, I'd say that all because I still find myself doing that sometimes as much as I'm into this, I still have to tell myself, look, Adam, shut your mouth, open your mind up a little bit, and let's look into it some before you judge it. So to end out my part here, um, I wanted to give you all a really short, condensed list of some of the sacred sites. Um, that supposedly lie along these ley lines in the United States. So, they along these ley lines are the Montana Megaliths, Prior Mountains Megaliths in Montana, Bighorn Medicine Wheel in New York, Sedona, Arizona. We know Sedona is supposedly a vortex area,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, Serpent Mount in Ohio. Mount Shasta in California that we've talked about. Mount Denali. And the Tokobaga Indian Mound in Florida. So along Ley Lines, you've got all these spots that are supposedly um, vortices and stuff like that and holy areas for ancient cultures. And they're right here. And this is just a short list. There's many more. But we know we've talked about Mount Shasta. And yeah. Mount Shasta's crazy and it it lies on a ley line. So Matt, you got a bunch more. So yeah. you you take over here and give us some more of this so that people can believe <laughs> by the time we're done.
1: Yeah. All right. So with all this energy flowing through the earth, something is bound to be using this power. Okay? I mean, you know, Adam and I have talked about several different things that occur along these lines that's attributed to the energy. So some, something, someone is harnessing this energy and, and using it. And, and, you know, Adam and I have discussed before how many times paranormal investigators will be looking into a haunted location and learn that the site either sits on or near a ley line. Our researchers believe that these ley lines will fuel the spiritual activity in an area which creates kind of a a paranormal hotspot, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Now, there is an area in South Chicago known as the Archer Triangle to ghost hunters that's one of these hotspots. Now, it's bordered by Willow Springs, Justice, and Lockport. And Paranormal researchers Ursula uh, Bilsky, Dale Kazmarek, and Neil Gibbons, who I think all three we've mentioned on the show before, um, I feel like we have, yeah. I, I know we've talked about Neil uh, Dale Kazmerik, and um, I'm I'm pretty sure we mentioned Neil Gibbons of time or two. Um, but they point to an abundance of ley lines in in this region, this south area of Chicago, as well as the presence of limestone and moving water. And they say that would be the potential cause for the increased paranormal activity here. Now. Mm-hmm. Water and limestone, as Adam and I have said before, are thought to act like a battery for paranormal activity. Wherever yep. you, you have a high concentration of water and limestone, you're more, like, more likely to have people experiencing uh, paranormal things. Now, Kaczmarek says that the Archer Avenue tour connects 20 haunted sites in a straight line. Now, here we go. We've got Mm -hmm. all of these 20 haunted sites and in a straight line, that's unusual. Yep. Having 20 in one particular area is unusual enough, but for them all to lie roughly on a straight line, that's even more bizarre. And, and those are really only the, the public sites, you know, they're, there's research that shows where investigators have worked in private homes and businesses along Archer Avenue where the people involved didn't necessarily want to talk about it. They just wanted yeah. help with the problem. Now, stories abound from this area, like the Phantom Monks of St. James at Sag Bridge. Now, Kasmiric caused the Phantom Monk stories, which began began around 1973 with reports of several robed monk-like figures climbing the sag bridge from an open field to the east and northeast carrying candles and chanting in a language thought to be latin hmm yeah now bachelor's grove cemetery is also a very active location and Bachelor's Grove has been known for its sightings for a long time, like the ghostly farmer and his plow and horse in a hurry, or the so-called Madonna in white, sometimes carrying her baby and other times looking for her baby. Uh, there is a spooky old caretaker who's been known to accost visitors and then disappear if they look away for a second. Um, and there's a a large Victorian house that just floats and appears and disappears
0: that's wild
1: yeah that's pretty active we've i think I, we've, we've mentioned bachelor's grove before and i can't remember yeah. when or why but um all of those stories uh, the th- they were familiar to me yeah but you know they saw uh, neil gibbon says bachelor's grove up until the 1950s was beautiful families went to picnic there and Uh, deep in the cemetery and visit graves. Kids would swim in the pond, said it was, it was nice. It was tranquil. The 1960s is when the cultists started coming in and they started doing things like animal sacrifices. They dug up graves. And in Gibbon's opinion, um, this is where it all started. But he thinks that there was an infestation and the cemetery land became oppressed and these people conjuring and opening portals and doing things that they shouldn't do have led to essentially a possession of the land. And I can see that it makes some sense. And because of the, the ley line energy in this area, and you combine that with the limestone and the water, you know, you've really got a powerful energy source that can hold on to these, you know, all this spiritual activity that people are experiencing around there. Mm-hmm. Now, Gibbon says when he takes tour groups to Bachelors Grove, um, they stay a- around an hour. And he says they'll record weird voices. Uh, they'll uh, If you go to their YouTube channel, you can hear their EVP recordings. And he says that the trail that leads to the cemetery is actually seems more haunted than the cemetery itself.
0: You know? Well, so, it liminal space, the road.
1: Right. It's a liminal space. It's a, it's you know, you're you're possibly traveling right along a ley line. There's going to the potential for a lot of stuff to happen. Yep. Now, Kazmarek says he's heard reports of a headless man that walks near Gugar Road and Route 6 in New Lenox Township, and he says there's a rumor that he killed himself in a nearby barn. He said he's also heard about drivers along Bruce Road seeing a torso of a man floating towards cars on the right side of the road, but when the cars approach the stop sign at the intersection, the image fades away. Now, he also says that the auditorium at Lockport Central High School is haunted by cold spots. He says people also talk about sitting next to a figure during performances in the auditorium, Who's very quiet, and when the performance in end, ends, the figure disappears right before their eyes. Mm. Can you imagine? You are sitting at a chair in the theater, and you are like, "Hey, that's that's my kid up there," and this person's just sitting there not saying a word. You are like, "All right, rude jerk." yeah <laughs> Look, sitting I know my kid a is a tree, but it's the best tree that's ever been <laughs> up there, right? <laughs> you can at least at least say something.
0: And then turn around <laughs> at the very end and you're like, hey, dude ghosted me. What, yeah, what that's the right. hell?
1: <laughs> but suffice to say, if a heavy concentration of ley lines, like the one in the Archer triangle, brings about increased energy, then the intersection of these lines, as we mentioned earlier, should be even more powerful. Now, some believe that these intersections create, as Adam mentioned, an energy vortex which allows more to occur than just a slew of ghost sightings. Mm -hmm. Now, many people believe that these energy vortexes can bring about healing and purification. And many cultures around the world have an understanding of these unique lines. China calls them dragon lines. South America calls them spirit lines. And in Australia, they use the term dream lines. So what what is also fascinating is that where these lines meet, they also perfectly align with astrological constellations. And we've seen that too with uh, the yep. pyramids at Giza lining up with Orion and you know those kind of things you know they're I know a lot of people have just said, well, it's not exact or it's just kind of a coincidence there's not really a connection like it happens too often for it to not be. Some type of connection,
0: yep, yep.
1: Now Bali, Bali, where I, what I, I mentioned before, it is the purification center of the planet. So if you're impure, get yourself to Bali.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: now there are there are six purification regions in Bali which circulate and cleanse the energetic blood of the earth. This is this is referencing Adam, you know, calling these lines the veins of Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. Like, so a lot of people will make a pilgrimage to Bali for this purpose. You know, it's, it's time to cleanse myself. You know, if the earth cleanses here, then I I should go there to cleanse as well. Sure. Yep. Now uh, people say there's really no healing place on earth. That's quite like Bali. As soon as you step foot on the land, uh, visitors say they feel a unique energy. That's really difficult to put into words. The spiritual island is known for its one thousand temples and one million Whew. offerings, which are made every day. There are six line, six ley lines in Bali, uh, passing through the six sites where the energy of each of the elements are purified. Hmm. So it's pretty cool. And if you don't know where where Bali is, it's it sits kind of south of the Philippines. And just west of Australia, so it's fits kind of right there in a in a in a little series of islands. Um, pretty uh, pretty amazing place. Um, it's it's odd that that seems to be the place that's the purification center.
0: Yeah, I mean, guess it's just uh, it's such an out of the way spot. Like, if you think about it, like. Uh, Mother Earth being a living creature, and if they've got to purify something, that's the spot that historically would probably have the a lower concentration of people. It's out away from other continents and stuff, so that's where I guess more of these connect, mm-hmm. and it, it's just an out of the way cleansing spot it's not yeah. something that's easy to get to um i don't know i'm trying to think of like you have pilgrimages mm-hmm. back in you know thousands of years ago you would have people going pilgrimages to holy spots and some some of the bigger holy spots were kind of hard to get to right so what if that's the case with this mm-hmm. it, it's a holy spot it's very pure and it's really hard to get to, especially, uh, you know, centuries ago.
1: Yeah. You got to want it. Yeah. Yep. Now, uh, let's talk about Mount Shasta, which Adam brought up earlier. Now, this this beautiful California landscape is a energetic icon in the U.S. The, the volcano is surrounded by dark green forests, which stretch all the way to the sacred site in Oregon. People that really want spiritual growth and healing will frequently visit Mount Shasta because of its extremely potent energy that's said to awaken the crown chakra for a higher connection to oneself. Native Americans would share stories of the volcano being the center of the universe, and many ceremonies still take place there. it's also believed to be the dimensional gate of the Lemurian civilization, which Adam and I discussed in our episode about the strange disappearances on and around Mount Shasta.
0: Yeah. The Lemurians. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's an interesting tale right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, but again, I mean, you know, when we talk about the energy in and around that mountain, it, it makes sense that, if there was going to be a a Lemurian civilization and they needed to harness that energy in order to pass from one dimension to the other, this Mm -hmm. would be an ideal place. Um, You know, not only is the energy of the ley lines there, but it's a volcano,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, so there's, there's a lot of power behind it. So, you know, this is a spot where a lot of weird stuff happens. I mean, we shared up a bunch of stories about people that just, apparently vanished just without yep. without a trace at all on or around Mount Shasta
0: they hit one of those ferry roads and mm-hmm. got stolen away
1: or they slipped into another dimension mm-hmm now mount uh I'm gonna mess this up Mount callias in the Himalayas is that that sounds pretty close we're gonna go with it uh, yep
0: that's what I'd say
1: now when you when you think about the Himalayas you you think about Tibet and the monks and all the the, the mystery and spirit spirituality um, of, of those you know religious leaders you know that 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 live in those mountains and and pull from that energy. It's, it's just an, it's another place that is just absolutely incredible. There's nowhere else like it. You know, what they call Tibet, what the roof of the world mm-hmm. and, and people go there to, to seek that higher astral plane for insight from other dimensions. Right. But, I mean, right. you think about it. I, I've known, I've known someone who has made that, you know, went, went on sabbatical and took the time and and climbed Mount Everest and they That's talk about wild. how much of a spiritual, um, experience that really is. It's, it's beyond just so, so physically and emotionally demanding to be able to withstand, you know, the, the, the grueling temperatures, um, you know, to all of the possibilities that could happen to you on that mountain.
2: Mm-hmm. And then you
1: make it to the peak and there's something, you're changed by it.
2: Sure. Yeah. Sure.
1: So, like I said, for years, this has been a pilgrimage site for many religions, including Hindus, Buddhists, Jains, and Tibetans. Now, when walking the mountain, it is recommended to circle clockwise in the direction of the Earth Chakra uh, in order to cultivate it. Now, this next one is one of our favorite places. We talk about it quite often, and that's Stonehenge. But not just Stonehenge, but Avalon and Glastonbury as well. Now, there are many ley lines that run through all of Britain, but the lines around this area are particularly interesting with an intersection of 14 lines at Stonehenge wow yeah now here i knew
0: there were several but i didn't realize it was yeah, that many
1: 14 so if if the intersection of two lines creates an energy vortex imagine what the intersection of 14 lines does mm-hmm. so here the female great dragon lay line connect all the way that which connects all the way to uluru in australia plus many other sacred sites around the world so could this be another communication portal to another dimension? Um, in in the area, there have been multiple sightings of crop circles and other extraterrestrial activity. And don't forget that Glastonbury is the home of Avalon, Merlin, and King Arthur, as well yep. as being the land of the Druids. Yep. So it's it's just it's just a unique spot, and we don't fully understand why Stonehenge is a thing. Right. But it's obvious that whoever constructed Stonehenge had at least a a a fundamental knowledge of the energy that was there. So looking at all this, you have to say that Stonehenge was built with a purpose. And and we may not be seeing all of it. Um, you know, there's there's good indicator that you know, part of it is gone now, um, and and we're if we were able to fully see the full structure, that it it possibly could make a little bit more sense. But the way it lines up again with the stars in Orion, um, it, it's just it's fascinating to me that this is one yep. of these spots.
0: Now you said something that uh, made me. Think it's something I heard, and it wasn't while doing this research. But um, I had heard you saying communication that one way ancients harnessed the power of ley lines was a worldwide communication network, and that's why places like the pyramids and and Um, Stonehenge and stuff are on that is because that's where they went to communicate with others on the earth, Mm -hmm. not necessarily extraterrestrials or anything like that, but they would, and we asked the question, well, how did all these disparate nations communicate with each other and come up with the same ideas? What if all these monuments were connected by the ley lines so that their priests could go there and communicate telepathically or otherwise with another priest at another holy site,
1: right? And and that I I love this this theory because one thing that I've always asked is uh, about Easter Island. How yep. how did they know? I mean, that is the most remote place on planet Earth. How did they know to even get there? And and why would they build those, the, the Maui, on that little island way out in the Pacific Ocean? But yet that island sits on a ley line, on, you know, multiple ley lines go through that area. Mm-hmm. And could that have been how they knew? You know, could they have been communicating? Um, with other civilizations being out as remote as they they were, but yep. yet they had a way to communicate via these ley lines.
0: And I, I really think that there's something to that theory because evidence points to there being communication between disparate societies centuries ago. They didn't have telephones. They didn't have Wi-Fi. But ley lines might have acted as ancient internet Mm -hmm. and it allowed messages to get from one culture to another um, important messages about worldwide events. And, you know, maybe the, the cultures didn't understand that they were talking to a shaman from another society on the other side of the world, maybe they thought it was a a God or maybe they knew, maybe they said, Hey, you know, this is, this is Bob Shaman over in the Americas. And I'm talking to him. Hi, Bob Bob Shaman, Shaman
1: refrigeration.
0: Yep. (laughs) And uh, the, you know, they could do like the three way calls that we used to do back in the day. You get with Bob Shaman and then Bob Shaman calls Carl and then you, Bob, and Carl are all on a group chat together talking about, you know, Crazy Danny over there. Yeah. And it's just, a, you know, I joke, but I do believe that it's a ancient communication site, or I believe that that's the possibility that it could have been an ancient communication yeah. network.
1: Yeah. We don't know that, but it's cool to think about it. And, you know, the- How pers- else
0: did Tesla connect? He said he was going to be able to give- um, worldwide free energy
1: yeah what would right. he have
0: been connecting to exactly ley lines possibly mm-hmm.
1: but you know the the pacific ocean is is unique not just because of its size but because of the number of ley lines that that travel across it um, we mentioned easter island now let's go a little bit further north uh, to maui hawaii all of the islands of Hawaii have many ley line crossings, uh, which makes the entire region an extremely high energy. Like Mount Shasta, this was also the location of the ancient Lemurians. Now, the, the Halakala volcano in Maui has a very unique energy, maybe because it matches the Schumann resonance of 7.83 cycles per second. Now, you're going to say, all right, Matt, what, what is the Schumann resonance? Well, I'm going to tell you. The Schumann resonance, it, which is also known as Mother Earth's natural heartbeat rhythm, um, is a 7.83 hertz frequency uh, that matches the alpha-theta brainwave frequency in the human brain. Okay, Alpha-theta brainwave frequencies are relaxed, dreamy, sleepy, that kind of stuff. Okay. So something we would, we would connect with, say like meditation, Mm -hmm. but that's also when cell regeneration and healing occurs. And listen, I tell patients this often, I need you to sleep. Okay. Yep. You know, I I tell folks that get, they get been out of shape about taking pain medications and I tell them if you take it how your doctor is prescribing it you'll be just fine but you need to take it before you go to bed so that you can rest because that is when healing occurs that is yep. not speculation that is that science of the human body you yep. know that we know that without sleep Without restful sleep, a lot of bad things begin to happen to our body. Oh, yeah. And and this is where this occurs. So you tap into these alpha theta frequencies. Maybe you don't have to necessarily be asleep in order to harness this healing power. Maybe you can meditate to the point where all of the junk is out of your mind and you're focused and connected with the earth and your your body begins to heal. Yep. Now, yep. there is absolutely no doubt that we as uh, the human race is out of balance from earth's electromagnetic frequency. For example, the frequency of radio uh, transmissions The electromagnetic radiation, the stuff that powers cell phones and televisions and radios, ranges from 30,000 to 300 billion hertz. Now, that is a significant amount greater than 7.83 hertz. Yeah. Okay? No wonder we're all out of balance and we crave healing or that connection or that feeling of calm. With the energy of Maui being so feminine, it gets this, and and, and the healing power behind it, it gets the name Mother Maui. And so there's, I've listed a few, um, but there are so many others that are said to be a part of this energetic grid of healing. And I mentioned Uluru in Australia, Cairo in Egypt, Adam was talking about the pyramids, Antigua and Guatemala, Cape Town in South Africa, Adam mentioned Sedona, Arizona. Actually Moscow is another one of the spots the Bermuda Triangle. Um
0: I was just about to if you didn't touch it. I was yeah. just about to talk about the Bermuda Triangle because I was looking it up and I actually have the map pulled up on my phone right here. Um there are at least two um ley lines that cross the center of the bermuda triangle at least two
1: yeah yeah it's it's pretty amazing and so you know we've we've heard a lot of stories about you know the missing planes uh and and the missing ships you know there's record that their compasses go nuts and they can't Mm -hmm. navigate well if this is an area of really high energy then that's possibly what's causing those kind of navigational problems yep but sites like uh you know ibiza jerusalem um you know i'm not even going to try to say this lake in new zealand <laughs> <laughs> all of these places have very unique qualities healing powers um you know strange occurrences and they're all over the world and the one thing they have in common is they have these intersections of ley lines. Right. And, and so when we start, we start talking about ley lines being, as Adam put it, the veins of mother earth, you know, where the energy flows, you, you think about the human body, where does the energy flow through, through our veins and arteries and through our nervous system, that's where the energy flows. And listen, I've, I've studied acupuncture. Um, you know, I, I perform uh, acupuncture-like uh, services for my patients. I've done you, it with Adam. I was going to say, you did it on me. It It worked. Because, you know, the idea is that energy must flow through the meridians in your body. And, you know, as we age, as we become injured, as we get sick, the flow of that energy is interrupted. And if we can restore the flow of the energy, then we can promote healing. And mm-hmm. that's, that is the very basic principle of acupuncture. Okay. We restore that energy flow and it promotes the body healing itself. And the earth appears to be the same way. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it heals and cleanses itself through this, this network of, energy veins and arteries that not only as i said earlier can heal the the earth if we can tap into it it can help restore and heal us
0: yeah it seems like we like you were talking about the radio frequencies and stuff like that it seems like more and more we're disrupting the Natural frequency of the Earth, rather than tapping into the natural frequency. Yeah, and a, that may be causes of some of the problems we're seeing. But um, not to get into that too much. But to go back to ancient civilizations and the Tesla idea and all that. If he was able to distribute electricity through the atmosphere, as some people say, and and have free electricity for the world. How would he do that, except possibly travel through existing ley lines to all these things? So we think that ancient societies did not have electricity. And... You know, we say that because we don't see power lines and we don't see all this. Maybe they didn't have electricity in the, the way we know of electricity being generated. But what if they were able to tap into these ley lines, harness the energy from that, and power devices that way? Mm-hmm. So it was the Tesla idea of airborne energy Mm -hmm. just tapping into it. That's why they didn't have lines. We don't see power lines running all over Egypt, you know, ancient telephone poles and stuff like this running the power lines. But what if these monuments harnessed the power of these ley lines and distributed it to the society there? And they were actually able to power devices of some sort machines, whatever, whatever, maybe not cell phones like we think of devices, but some sort of machinery. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the ways that they were able to build some of these monuments to do some of the things that we think they can't do because they didn't have the machinery we had. What if it's due to tapping into these energy lines that we call ley lines?
1: Yeah. Adam, you know, one of the things that I dislike the most is that question of what would you like for dinner?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, it it usually is going to involve trying to pick a restaurant or come up with an idea. We're going to have to go to the grocery store and grab that stuff because inevitably there's something or some things that we're not going to have ready to fix whatever we want. Yep. Every plate makes all of that go away every plate is a home delivery meal service that is America's best value meal kit every plate makes home cooking easy and affordable and much cheaper alternative to takeout, but just as delicious so think of it this way one meal from every plate is the same price as one cup of coffee every plate will plan shop and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a delightful price.
0: That's right. And recipes come together in about 30 minutes, which is definitely faster than that dreaded trip to the grocery store and starting a meal from scratch. And it makes it a lot easier when you got so much going on, especially this time of year for us. A 30-minute meal, you can't beat it. Um, Meal planning, like they say, can feel like one more item on an endless to-do list, which that's very true and every plate provides easy to follow recipe cards and pre-portioned ingredients so you can spend less time prepping and cooking and more time enjoying good food with family and loved ones and that's true because i'm able to get michael to help out because everything's pre-portioned so i just say okay kid throw these bags into this bowl and mix it together i don't have to try to say okay measure out an eighth of a teaspoon of that and a quarter of a teaspoon of that and then he ends up putting five tablespoons of salt and and nothing else in there and it just is horrible so it makes it it's so much easier to let the kids join in and then they enjoy the meal a lot more since they've helped
1: yeah and My kids get excited when they get home from school and they see the every plate box sitting on the front porch. Mm -hmm. You know, for so many reasons. One, like Michael, they know they're going to get to help make dinner. And in some cases, we've let them do it themselves. Yeah. Uh, And it's turned out fantastic. The other thing is, is they know the the meal tonight is going to be great. It's going to be good and it's going to be delicious.
0: That's right. And you can choose between 17 recipes that change every week. You can swap your proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking, and like Matt said, they make it easy and affordable to cook hearty, delicious, family-pleasing meals. So, our listeners can try Every Plate for just $1.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering our promo code GRAVEYARD199. That's G R A V E Y A R D and the numbers 199.
1: And where else can you feed your family for $1.99 a meal? Right. You you need to get Every Plate. So Graveyard listeners can try Every Plate for just $1.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering our code GRAVEYARD199. That's G-R-A-V-E-Y-A-R-D-199. I mean, you know, it's, it's remarkable when you open your mind to the existence of ley lines, then so many things become possible and even explainable. So, and, and I, I hate this idea that it's pseudoscience Yeah, because if we, if we look at history. If we can learn anything from it, it's that there were there were people that understood that they may not have been able to harness the power but they understood that the power was there. Yep. you know they were able to identify it they were able to say something something unique happens here and here. And here and we can draw a straight line in between them so maybe there is some type of energy flow that goes through here maybe this energy flow flows other places and you know through you know years of research we've been able to map these places why does Mm -hmm. that seem so unlikely to some folks why does it seem like this is a pseudoscience to me this is Legit science. I mean, we're talking about, you know, you know, the Earth's energy. We know these things exist. Schumann's resonance is not made up. I mean, it is it's science and, mm-hmm. and math and a lot of things that say this is what happens. This is exactly what happens. Yep. So I I don't understand why it keeps getting tagged with the idea. And I not well, I'd say that I don't understand. I've got a pretty good idea. It's because what Adam's favorite term being woo-woo, a lot of things that are associated with ley lines fall into that woo-woo category, you know, yep. ha- haunted places, um, you know, places of, you know, spiritual enlightenment, all of that. They of Yeah, healing. They all, you know, they all get a little woo-woo, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, you think about it. I mean, the, the idea of going and jumping in a in a sulfur spring to make you feel better, you know, a lot of people thought, "Well, those people are nuts because that water stinks." Mm-hmm. Did you know they drink it too? Oh my god. Yeah. But hey, you know, so in in a lot of cases, these people were healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, they there were people that somehow cured themselves of of maybe some minor disease processes by doing some of these things. So wh- why keep your mind closed off to the idea that th- those things exist?
0: Yep, exactly.
1: And you all understand we're not, you know, we're, we're never here to convince you one way or the other. We're here to just put the, nope. put, put the information out there and maybe give our own opinions. And, you know, maybe I'm a little strong tonight, but I just, I, you know, I, I think that there's enough evidence there that, you know this this earth energy does exist you know right
0: and hey like like matt said we're not we never want to be a here's what you need to believe this is the way it is and this is how it's going to be um <laughs> this is the way it was yeah and now winter. we know the rest of the story but you know like matt said we do have our opinions and we will state our opinions and take take of it what you will but our main goal has always been and will always be just suspend disbelief during graveyard tales and let's talk about this you may find something that you had been shut off to before and you're like you know that actually makes a little sense when i turn off my um immediate skepticism about it that's all we ask just open your mind to it don't shut it off immediately and think about it a little bit
1: yeah so tell us what you believe the do, do, do you think the idea of ley lines crossing the globe and um providing a, an a energy super highway grid you know is that something that you feel like is possible or do you believe heavily or do you think this is all just a big crock. Let us know. And the best. It's a pile
0: of hit <laughs> with an S in front of it.
1: But the best place to let us know is our Facebook group. And you can go on Facebook and just search Graveyard Tales. Uh, you'll find it. It's its one of the most active Facebook groups I've ever been a part of. It's a good, safe place. Kind of share your mm-hmm. ideas, opinions, your experiences, and a few jokes here and there. Um, and you can slide over to. Uh our fa- our uh, our website which is graveyardpodcast.com and there you can find links to purchase graveyard tales merchandise hey christmas is going to be here before we know it you know if you got a
2: oh,
0: yeah. if
1: you've got a graveyard tales listener you know that you know picking up that graveyard tales hoodie or coffee mug would would be a good christmas gift
0: <laughs> i tell you the graveyard tales notebooks that are in there you can get any of our logos on a notebook either lined or blank paper if you've got an artist in your family yeah. or somebody who uses notebooks at work, get them one of those. I've got one. I'm about to get myself another one with a different logo on it just because I like them so much.
1: That's right. That's right. But you can also listen to the show and you can become a patron. And and we always take time to thank our, our patron uh, donators. Um, you know, our, our back catalog of Patreon material is pretty big. You know, you've got some shorter episodes, but they're a little bit different than what you hear on the main channel. Um, you know, we we have a lot of fun with it. We're a little bit looser, uh, and our ten dollar patrons actually get the unedited video of us recording our uh, regular episodes for the main channel. Yep. So if you've been if you've been thinking about it uh, and just hadn't pulled the trigger, uh, go ahead. I think now is a good time. Uh, you know, the, uh, you can gift it to, to somebody, um, you know, you can, you can say, Hey, I'm, I'm getting you a, a $10 patron membership to, uh, there to you graveyard go. tales. Um,
0: it's like, um, what what was the band that said, um, no better place than here. No better time than now.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh. that's right. But don't forget to go and rate and review us on iTunes. It brings us up the charts, and it makes it easier for people to find, and it brings more folks into the graveyard. So, until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard.
0: See you soon.